You are now listening to the first episode, the pilot of That One Vatos Podcast. Let me repeat the name real quick. That One Vatos Podcast. I made up that name a couple weeks ago. I forgot what I was doing, but it just came to my head. Oh, that's a, that's a cool name. You uh, recommend it to a homie? Hey, go listen to That One Vatos Podcast. Whose podcast? That One Vatos Podcast. So that's why I decided that name. We are here at Southtown Art Gallery, and I forgot the address already, even though Albert told me like two minutes ago. 1913 South Florida, Southtown Art Gallery. There you go. We're here in Albert's studio, or Albert and Caroline's studio. Caroline's right behind us painting. So she's going to be quiet. But she can chime in if she wants. This is her space. I am just a guest here. Even though it's my podcast, I'm still a guest here. You didn't even introduce yourself. I didn't introduce myself. All right. <laughs> oh, you can introduce yourself now. Yeah. Dang, Albert. You're, you're on episode what already on yours? Uh, going on six now. Six. This is my first one. I'm a rookie. So I'm Jose Arredondo, sports guy Jose, Luis if you're family, um, Nike if you're my kids from San Juan Community Center, camera guy if you're a kid who knows me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I'm a part-time reporter with the San Antonio Express News. I cover high school sports and community stories. I was born and raised on the west side of San Antonio, the 78207 zip code to be specific. One of the most economically disadvantaged zip codes in the city. One of the most economically disadvantaged zip codes in the states as well as the country. Albert went to Lanier High School, which mm -hmm. sits in that zip code. What was it like for you going to high school at Lanier? Uh, it was really interesting. I, I think, especially after high school, mm -hmm. going into the workforce, um, was just like an eye opener. You know, being able to be surrounded by a whole bunch of different people from all different backgrounds. Uh, I, I think, you know, right after going to Lanier, I was like, okay, I wanted to go to to, to college, so mm -hmm. I went to community college because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with my life, and that didn't really work out. I didn't. I don't even think I finished the week of school because I just knew it wasn't for me. But um, I guess you know that transition from high school at Lanier to like a week at at SAC, and then to join the workforce like within a month, it was just like a big eye opener to like you know the, the possibilities of you know what's out there. Cause, mm -hmm. Um, before I was getting around San Antonio, but like as far as like being a young adult and networking and it was, it was interesting. Did you or were you disappointed in yourself when you realized school wasn't for you or is it relieving? In a way, it was relieving because I found a good job. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, was, it was definitely relieving because, um, you know, I went to school, uh, had a big background in the banking and uh, international banking and business. Well, near that's why mm -hmm. I went there. So, you know, put that on my resume. Um, had a friend that I made at, at Lanier named Oscar Fuentes, mm -hmm. and his mom worked for the city. And right after um, high school and after, you know, leaving SAC, his mom had uh, told us about this program that the city uh, was developing yeah. where uh, they would pay for you to get uh, business management, or not business management, customer service skills and time management training from uh, Northwest Vista College. Oh, wow. And uh, it was, I think it was like a nine-week program. And once you completed that that uh, course, 
what they did is they give you a certificate and they placed you on on a what's the word uh, like a trial period mm-hmm. with the city position and it was just unfortunate timing for me because I got my certificate and they actually placed me at one of like the coolest simplest jobs in the city which is in their print shop so like when city council has their meetings the print shop in San Antonio right across the street from you know uh, downtown uh, City Hall City Hall uh, is where they make all the pamphlets and all the flyers so my job right after that you know that program the courses had ended was to be in the print shop make sure you know the prints were coming out like they wanted and they're ready to go for the town hall meetings and that was my job (laughs) and it was Monday through Friday I think at the time I was getting paid like 12 bucks an hour like this is right after high school Mm -hmm. in 2009 so like that was really good and um, the city put a a freeze that was the time you know right like during that recession and uh, the city put a freeze on all the city jobs and uh, I was out of a job (laughs) after that but luckily with the background with uh, banking and business and also with the customer service and time management skills looked really good on a resume for yeah. a young 18 year old so wow. everything just kind of worked out so, so when was it that you decided that art was going to be you know your calling now, I was in 2014 I've been bouncing around different jobs uh, for me I was never really content with any job mm-hmm. I always wanted you know a better paying job a job that had more benefits so from 2009 up to 2014 I was always, you know, bouncing around jobs, trying to find like, you know, that $20, an hour job, which I never got to in, in my working career, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a non-artist professional. But um, it was, I was working for a CVS pharmacy, their back office. And yeah, well, I started having these, like, I, I went to a friend's house. I was having a party. Yeah. And I had this encounter where this guy, like, saw me drawing on a napkin, believed in me, and just told me words that, would, that stuck with me for the rest of my life. Said, I bet if you were an artist, I bet you'd be pretty amazing at it. And, you know, after that, subconsciously, I think it just stuck with me. I started having these dreams and thoughts of being an artist. And uh, slowly but surely, I found myself going to work one day and, you know, just going with that, that feeling in my heart to just quit and just go full time and being an artist and it was but tell them how that happened though because I remember you told me your boss had jokingly told you something yeah it it was crazy dude because you know I I had just woken up from this dream that was like super vivid I was painting in a a house uh, in in like Germany somehow I knew it was in Germany but I woke up from this dream feeling like super like like motivated or excited really Mm -hmm. And I was running late to, late to work, so I'm, I'm rushing to work with this sense of urgency that I had to get to work. I get to work, sit in front of my computer, and I had to restart it because there was some sort of error. So all that energy that I had, I start contemplating, like, man, like, this job sucks. Like, I had all yeah. this energy, and I'm just wasting it to something that, like, isn't even going towards my future other than a paycheck at the end of the week. Yeah. And uh, I thought, okay, I'll make the most of it. I'll start doodling on a notepad. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was doing that, my manager at the time, uh, who's, who's a good friend while I was working there, sees me doodling and he taps me on the shoulder and, you know, jokingly says, like, hey, Albert, like, quit doing that. I'll, I'll write you up. And I got up and I was like, I quit. 
And he, then he's kind of like laughing. He's like, okay, Albert, yeah, that's funny. I was like, no, like, I'm serious. Like, I ain't doing this no more. And it, it, was, it was history ever since that. Was, I'll never forget that. It was like a scene from a movie because, you know, we all had like our small, like, semi cubicle areas that we worked in. And all my coworkers, they all like kind of lean back and like all turn towards me. So, like, while I'm standing up, I kind of look around and everybody's just staring at me. And I'm just like, oh shit, did I really do this? You're like and Je- Jeffrey when he he, th- he thinks he wins the lottery in Fresh Prince. Oh yeah. I quit. I quit. Yeah, no, that's how I was, and it was like a rude awakening, like shortly after that. But how how was it for you, like you know, uh, graduating, and then like making that transition to to school and. So for me, I was always in SAISD. From, from pre-K up until, seventh grade. So at the end of my sixth grade year. My grandma, who we were living with, had passed away. My mother was in the hospital. So we were basically homeless. We were just going from place to place until the school year ended. And then my aunt and uncle took me in. It's kind of funny how I just mentioned Jeffrey because that's Fresh Prince. And I'm going to segue into this, the parallels of Fresh Prince and myself. Um, my aunt, whose husband was really wealthy, he was like, hey, like, you know, my mom, her, her name's Herlinda, so, like, Herlinda's, you know, she's got her toes amputated on her right foot, you know, the, the kids are, you know, they're struggling, like, just have them move in with us, so I moved in from the west side, all the way to 1604 in Bandera, and I was living with my uncle, who lived in this, this subdivision, it's called, I still remember it, Creekview Forest, it's off of Prue Road, uh, right next to River Mist, and I know if anyone's listening to this that lives in the north side, River Mist is a huge subdivision. So a lot of my friends, they, they grew up in that subdivision. But I was in Creekview Forest, which is a lot of wealthy people live there. So it was just weird. So like moving there, it felt like the intro to Fresh Prince. You, <laughs> West Philly to Bel Air. That was my Bel Air. My uncle, he was my Uncle Phil. My aunt and my mom were sisters, just like Aunt Vivian and Will's mom. Mm-hmm. Their only child, his name's Carlos. That's Car- That's Carlton. <laughs> Because he, he always grew up very wealthy. So he was, he, he's Carlton, and he he's basically like my brother now. Uh, so his kids, are I consider them my, my nephews. So he's he's my Carlton. So it was just weird, but um, going to school there, I felt very, I felt, I was, I was envious of all the kids there. They grew up wealthy. Yeah, I was living in this nice home, but it wasn't my wealth. It wasn't my mother's wealth. It wasn't mm-hmm. my sister's wealth. It was my uncle's wealth. And, you know, my, my classmates and my friends, you know, they had a guaranteed future. They had a, basically had a car at 16. They have money for college. They had a set future. Me, I mean, tomorrow is unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing guaranteed. You know, every day is a fight, pretty much. Um, but it was cool, just li- it was cool, you know, uh, experiencing something different. You know, that's, that's me looking at the bright side of it. Um, I had better resources, obviously better schools. But I ended up moving back to the West Side a year and a half later, so it was spring 2009. By then, the school I went to in sixth grade, Cooper, had closed down already. And if you went to Cooper, you either went to Lowell, Rhodes, or Tafoya. Those are the three schools that you had probably ended up at. Mm-hmm. And where I lived, um, I had to go to Lowell. And that's where I met your brother, actually, Pudge. Yeah. <laughs> he, he went to Lowell. Um, so I ended up going to Lowell, and it was crazy. As soon as I got there, 
I got all A's and people were like, man, you're so smart. I'm like, no. I was like, I was over there in the north side. I was one of the least intelligent kids there as, as far as book smart goes. Street smart, I'm, I'm very intelligent. But book smart goes, I, I struggled, man. I struggled a lot over there in the north side. But coming back to SAISD, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, the stuff that they were learning in March, we learned back in October in North Northside. Like, it, it was it was awful. And that's when I realized as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, that um, <laughs> your zip code kind of determines where you're going to end up. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so, stayed in SAISD, went to Burbank my freshman year. I didn't want to go to Lanier because everybody and their grandma went there my good friends with there so I went to Burbank then my mother passes away then I go north again so I ended up going to Lee for a year hated that school so miserable there met some cool people there but the school was just ugh. but that's where I started my my journalism journey mm-hmm. as a 15 year old kid it's like okay mom's gone gotta figure out what I'm gonna do then I ended up at Roosevelt my junior senior year where I eventually graduated from but even though I went to those schools for for three years northeast I still wasn't prepared for college. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I ended up taking remedial classes because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just bullshitted the Accuplacer test. Like a semester later, they tell me, "Oh, you could have used your tax scores." So Spending like, extra money. Yeah, like I, I dead ass <laughs> wasted all this money on these classes when I could have just taken normal classes. Um, but yeah, it, it was a tough transition, and I can't imagine what you know my my peers who were SAISD their entire lives, how how they struggled. Um, it's just unfortunate. They just they teach you to pass a stupid test. They don't prep you for college unless you're taking like these advanced courses. Um, which just sucks is like, well, everyone should, that should be an option for everybody. Obviously college isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. You're a prime example of that, but it should still be an option for kids. Yeah. Like if you eliminate that option, that's just not fair. Yeah. It's a conversation that I feel like not a lot of people are really aware of, you know, I think especially if you grew up going to those different uh, school districts mm-hmm. to where it's like, you're like oblivious. Cause you're just like, yeah, like, you know, every school's like this. But it, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, you know, that that's you know really really good point right there. It's you know not not a lot of kids think it's you know an option. Yeah. And um, you know if you don't give anybody that option, then you know what what do you expect them to do? Yeah. So um, yeah. Want want a neat little stat? Well, it's not even neat. It's it's scary. There's 16 school districts in San Antonio. Little San Antonio has 16 school districts. That's ridiculous. Like, there's some major cities that don't even have half of that. And we have 16. And SAIZ is the one that has all the ACs breaking down and stuff, right? Yeah, they're struggling right now. I just saw a post that Patty Rado did. Shout out Patty Rado. She's one of the very few white people that, <laughs> when they come to the West Side, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> You're welcome to the carne asada. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's it's. Lanier's affected by it too. Lanier ain't even got no windows. <laughs> it's like damn. It's like cooking, for real. <laughs> My friend Anthony was here, and, and I don't think he realized that they like Lanier doesn't have windows. I know they're doing like a huge update, but it's like. I reminded him. He's like, yeah, Lanier's AC's broken too. And I was like, damn, they ain't got no windows. He's like, nah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like. I, when I went to Lanier, I remember thinking like, 
what kind of future does this set you up for? Like, like yeah, I get it. It's a historic place, and it's, like, an awesome school, but it was, like, who designed a building for kids with no windows? Like... Have you seen Wagner? No. I have a couple friends I went to Wagner because I went to school in the Northeast side. Bro, Wagner is designed like a prison. Like, literally. I think the people who designed the school designed prisons. That's just... That's just crazy. Like, it doesn't even look like you're going to school. Like, oh, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to jail today. <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. It's... It baffles me, dude. I was like, what the heck? Because, I mean, I used to always pass by it. You know, go to a friend's house or something. That school looks like a prison. Just think about, like, you know, 50 years from now or whatever. People are going to look back at our... I guess, like, the architecture of schools. And, like, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a whole new design for, like, you know, better learning. And I guarantee it's probably not going to be in the same type of classrooms we're in today for, or that we've been in for, like, a number of years. And obviously things are changing slowly but surely. But um, I think getting more kids prepared for college or at least, mm-hmm. you know, getting them aware of, like, financial responsibilities when you're 18, you know, yeah. uh, how to manage. Yeah, one uh, semester of economics is not going to prep a kid for the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, public schools. <laughs> Miss me with that bullshit. Or, you know, it's funny when I learned, because I actually learned this from Caroline, because when uh, she graduated from Texas A&M Kingsville with her uh, degree in, in studio art, uh, I was barely getting started with my own career, but, you know, I was starting to sell a lot more than I usually mm-hmm. had. So she was asking me, oh, you know, how did you learn this? You know, how did you learn how to market your art? How do you learn how to sell your art? And that's a whole other topic, too, with, you know, the business of art. But I was so confused because, like, she had graduated from, you know, an art school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't they teach you that in school on how to make money off of your degree? And she was like, no, they just teach you how to, how to make art. And I was like, yeah, that's like 20% what it takes to actually be you know successful unless you're like an like one of the best artists in the world then you know i could see that happening but you know if you're back in the pile of a whole bunch of other artists you got to know how to you know you think that's a like business. a misconception for being an artist is you're you produce great art and then it you know the money's going to come in i i honestly well i haven't been to art school so i can't really like speak on that but i know nowadays I, i've met a lot of people that have graduated art school and yeah. that are just like unaware of like like the, the, how to run a business mm-hmm. because you know you could graduate unless you're getting like a PhD or maybe even you know your masters, masters. well yeah, we'll see even, even if you get your masters it's you know hard to get a job Caroline's whispering but she, I mean she can chime in if she wants yeah so what, what's your what's your take on it Caroline with the masters or a doctor's degree in art I feel like um, some people learn the business sides of things more if they're if they're like willing to like really um, like you know speak more with their professors, go in extra hours and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but like other than that, it's like you you really they don't really teach that to you. And there's so many people that I know that go and get their masters that that don't get that. Unless you're going to, like, an actual art school that's focused on artists, like, you will get stuff like that. Maybe New York, L.A., things like that. But if mm-hmm. you go to a school that's not primarily focused on the art department, um, 
then then you're not gonna you're not gonna get that. Mm. And I had a lot of professors that told me. I had one professor that wanted me. She was she was like, I'm gonna write you recommendations. I want you to go to like Chicago or Harvard or something to go get your masters. And I was like, I'm not ready to go yet. And I had all my other professors were like, you need to take off like a year or two years, maybe three, and just learn from the real world. Mm. Learn learn yourself because that's how, the best way to learn. And so like I. I mean, that's the, the only thing we ever were told, but I definitely think that's something they should implicate into the system. Yeah, even if it's, you know, in high school, you know, before you graduate, especially your, se- your senior year, where yeah. really, uh, six in, on how to, you know, manage finances or how to run a business. Mm-hmm. But um, I forgot how I was going with that question. But. I remember you were, when I first met you, you were talking about how the financial aspects for the financial stuff that you learned in high school, because you're in the magnet program in the it benefited you as an artist. Um, but I also understand that you struggled initially when you started this this new career path. Yeah. Can you talk about that? The the struggle. Both. Um, just trial and error, like really not knowing where to start off at. But you know, luckily we have, you know, YouTube and the internet where we could just you know search for answers and or not necessarily search for an- answers but search for uh, different equations that we could apply to our our situations in our lives and uh, I was pretty much just fearless with applying that to my life and to my career and um, there were days where I went without selling a painting and these this is the time when I was selling art for like five bucks 20 bucks yeah and you know i had everything you know relying on on those times and um luckily every time i had a bad day like every time i didn't make a sale or you know just had a terrible day i kept my head up Mm -hmm. and i told myself you know i I gotta go out there again like that's the only way It's, it's a numbers game and i think it you know, kind of works with every type of business, like just throwing out your net. And, you know, like if you're a fisherman, if you don't catch anything, you know, one day, are you just going to go back home and starve or are you going to keep fishing and hope to catch that big that big fish? And, um, you know, I'm still out there, you know, metaphorically uh, casting my, my net mm-hmm. and, and, you know, shooting my shot. And, you know, I think... As we grow in our careers, uh, our net gets bigger. Yeah. Because you know we we network and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, the the hardest part is reminding yourself that you could try again. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the financial part, what I'm trying to tie into, is uh, investing in yourself. Uh, I had to tell Jacinto the guy you met the other day uh, um, young blood he had just sold like just shy of a hundred dollars worth of art and you know oh, nice. you, you you've heard me tell you the story about him and how it kind of came off disrespectful in the way he replied to you know the question or he asked me a question about representing his work and selling art for him and I told him that I believed he needed to develop a little bit more and I didn't in any way tell him I didn't like his work but what I 
totem was. Um, I think you needed to develop more. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to keep up with your with your work. I'm interested in what you do. Just keep me updated for any events that you have, and I'd love to you know attend them. And uh, his reply was, I, "It came off disrespectful to me, yeah. and I, I believe it was also." somewhat disrespectful to the artists that I work with just because, you know, he has such a big ego. Yeah. And, um, you know, what I, what I told him was that, you know, put your, put your ego aside because, you know, that, that's not going to get you anywhere. That's not going to make you successful. What makes you su- successful is, you know, not, not just your talent, but your personality. I said, if, if no one likes you, no one's going to want to work with yeah, you. No and that's going to, yeah. And that's going to make it 10 times harder. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had a really long, good conversation uh, mm-hmm. when he came to the studio, and I don't, I don't think he was expecting to hear what he heard from me that day that I invited him over, and uh, I think it was a, a, a big reality check for him. But um, what I was getting back to was um, after that conversation that we had and this understanding of, you know, really applying himself to be open for change, because I'm trying to help this guy. Like, I, I surround myself with people that give me different perspectives to see things in a positive way. And uh, one of my good friends, uh, Eric Acuna, he was like, yeah, you know, this kid might have an attitude. He's, you know, a young 19-year-old, but, like, maybe you could help him see things in a different way where he could change his perspective to, like, not do that. But, um, yeah, anyway, he made 90 bucks. And nice. that, that day he was like, <laughs> uh, that day he was like, um, I'm going to go spend this downtown with my homies <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like you just made $90 he hadn't sold any work before so this was like a pretty big deal for him and I told him dude you're 19 it's gonna cost you 10 to 20 bucks just to get into a place to not drink and even if you did find a way to drink or whatever like that that's just money that's just going down the drain I said dude you don't even have an easel like, like go buy yourself a, a nice easel. So next second Saturday, what's that? Uh, right here. Where, which, what I paint on? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so Sorry, what I'm I told not. him, I was like, yeah. So what I told him, I was like, dude, like, like invest in yourself. I said, with you taking your money to go drink or do whatever, like, that's not gonna get you anything. That's not gonna take you anywhere. I was like, you know, the people that invested in your artwork tonight are going to want to see you again next time, but they want to want to see you progress. Like, how's that person going to feel if they, you know, just bought a painting from you for $50 and, like, you somehow get worse? I was like, if you invest that in yourself, you're going to get better. And if you if you keep making bad decisions, that's not going to take you down the Did the you path. have to learn those lessons early on? Yes. Well, it was something I kind of... Like, were they different kind of lessons? A different kind of lessons because I was I was surrounding myself with people that like wanted to go drink mm-hmm. and wanted to like waste their their time and money that they earned. Yeah. And for me, it was like no, like I'm I'm not here to drink. I'm not here to to waste money that I've worked all day for. Like I'm gonna save this and put this back into my my materials and. And, you know, so what if I, you know, don't eat today? Like, I'm going to use this money to buy canvas so I could eat, you know, next, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Like, it was always just reinvesting in myself and kind of playing that, that, that game of just hoping everything just works out. And luckily, you know, having a, a strong faith in, in my religion 
and and just you know in the universe everything just kind of worked out dude and you know slowly but surely i end up meeting you know inspirational people and and making some really amazing friends that believe in me and friends that i believe in and it, it's taken me down a path that i couldn't even imagine being on like back when i started it's, yeah. it's crazy since you mentioned that i want to just talk about how we met I grew up with your younger brother. I didn't even know he had brothers. Because, I mean, we were... We would hoop together and stuff, but, I mean, I didn't know him like that. So, I remember I took... When I first started photography in 2016, I went to a first Friday, and I saw this guy with a mask on. He was live painting in front of Blue Star. I was like, oh, that's cool. I just snapped a picture. I didn't know that was you. So, about a year and a half later, it's December 2017, and I was looking for one more story before I left the publication that I worked for called Follow Media, which focused on inequality in San Antonio. I did different kinds of stories. I did sports stories that touch on inequality, free speech stories, uh, gang violence, just a variety. And right before I left, I wanted to do something in the arts that touched on the arts. And I was gonna do this big story and it was it was gonna, you know, put San Antonio on notice and just magnify this issue of the arts and how it's people are, or a lot of districts are getting rid of it. People view it as a as a hobby and not as a subject, which they should. But that was a story that needed <laughs> maybe a year or two of reporting, because that, that would have been like a really great investigative piece. And I've and I've done a lot of reporting. I still have those notes. I've still spoken to those people. I remember the first thing I did was contact SAISD's art director, but he had just got there. <laughs> and I, just, I didn't want to put the dude on the spot. Like, he inherited a sinking ship, so I was like, let me, let me give this guy some time. So, you know, I'll just do the story on local a local artist, and I came across you on Facebook, I believe. I think it was Facebook. Who still uses Facebook? I'm just joking. So I, I came across you on Facebook, clicked on your link, and this is when you had just left the Guadalupe. Mm-hmm the art gallery so I looked you up gave you a phone call pitched a story you were down for it I was at Barrio Barista when I called you and then I hang up the phone Gil who's one of the co-owners of Barrio Barista I told him the story and he's like oh yeah we know Albert he used to have his art up here blah 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 and then a couple minutes later Gil tells me oh speaking of the devil and Albert comes and walks in the door with Caroline <laughs> Can you talk about that? <laughs> no, dude, it's just a, a sign from the universe that it was meant to be. We're at the one of the best spots to to grab the West Side Special. Barbacoa and grilled cheese <laughs> with that tomato basil soup. So, yeah, and you definitely got to get the... I, I like to get the recess frappe. I don't even know what that is, but get it. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, I, I just thought that was, like, you know, a sign, you know, from God that, like... I was at the right place. I was doing the right thing. Like, like... You couldn't ask for a better sign of like, yeah, like this is a relationship, the beginning of a friendship. And I thought it was like super badass and, you know, really cool coincidence. And yeah, now we're like good friends. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I interviewed you was at, what was that place? Your, your old studio? Uh, Houseman Millworks. Yeah, over there off of Russell. And then we interviewed again, same place. And then we, third time we interviewed, we went to Burger Culture. 
If you've been to Burger Culture, there's a bunch of art in there. It's done by Albert. There's a Spurs mural behind that, done by Albert. So if you take pictures in front of these murals and paintings, tag the artists. Their Twitter handle's on there, their Instagram handle's on there. So there's no excuse to not shout out the artist. Quit using people's art for your, your likes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go on a rant like I did on Instagram the other day. <laughs> nah, it's appreciated, though, for someone to do it. So, yeah. But, yeah, when I did Albert's story, it got published January 2018. So it was about a couple of days before the MLK march. And that story just blew up. It was my most read story up until that point. It was doing some stupid numbers. And I remember my, January, my contract already ended with that publication. And I ran into my my old bosses at the MLK March. They're like, your story's doing really well. They're like, you still want to write for us? <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to graduate college, man. I was, like, but I, was, I, was like, I was happy that the story came out. I was happy that you liked the story. Because a million people can like a story that I write. But if the people that I'm doing the story on don't like it, then I'm going to be upset with myself. Yeah. Because I didn't do the story justice or, you know, I, I'm just very, I care about all the stories that I do. It's just not like, I'm not going to choose this any story just for the sake of writing it. Um, I, when I write about something, I actually care about it. I want it to, I want it to touch people. Mm-hmm. I want it to change people's perspectives if it's on a certain issue or give them a new perspective. To resonate. Ooh, look at that. That's that. That's that Kingsville vocab over there. <laughs> Dang. Well, I like the story so much that I put a link to it on my website. Oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you go to my website, uh, there's a uh, a link. It says like press. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you click that that link to the press, and I think it's one of the first stories that, that one of the first links nice. uh, that pops up with the with the picture that you took. Yeah. So I, I have that on there. Yeah, I took the pictures for that story, too. I was doing double duty at that publication. But they paid me well as an intern. I'm not going to lie. But it's crazy that you said that. It's on your website. There's an NFL player named Ramon Richards. I wrote a story on him back in January of this year. That story blew up, too. And that story came out a week before he played. Uh, his team played in the Super Bowl. He plays for LA Rams. And it's crazy. He has my story pinned on his Twitter. And for, I don't know, it just means a lot to me that people appreciate and I remember him and his mom texted me that they love the story just like I said earlier if the people I don't do the story that I do the story on don't like it I don't I'm upset with myself the mom loved it she's like I bought five copies and Ramon loved it his best friend loved it and I was like okay cool that they're the, those are the only people that matter the people that I write about <laughs> yeah well dude you're, you're a fantastic writer super talented not not and not just when it comes to writing too but photography so it's like yeah well-rounded so um, I what else do you want to talk about I know you talked about music a little bit oh yeah I had my my list of okay funny story guys we recorded this last week yeah. my dumbass closed the laptop and didn't save it so kids remember always hit save <laughs> yeah save before you close your laptop yeah so that, that was my mistake so we're reshooting this again so if it doesn't sound as organic as it should sound, that's why. But if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. If you're still listening right now, I love you. I'm going to name my kids after you. I'm going to name my pets after you. So shout out to you. 
But yeah, well, I wanted to talk about music. Um, what music are you listening to right now? Dude, honestly, I'm just stuck on that Childish Gambino, the Awaken My Love. It's literally, it, I could press on right now, and that's what's going to be playing. So that that gets me in the creative mood. But um, That's a beautiful album. Yeah, if I'm not listening to that, then it's the war- Royalty uh, mixtape that he dropped with like all these like, yeah, super well, back, badass yeah. collabs. Like 2014 or something? Dude, how do you get Bun B, Danny Brown... Like Schoolboy Q, like oh that's necessary. How, how does the universe align to like create that? I know he wasn't even that established yet as a yeah. as a rapper. He was everybody knew him from Community, from his stand up, and then drops that. So my theory is that they all maybe had some sort of like freestyle session or like asked him to like send them some like dope samples of stuff that he's done before, and he's super talented. So I think you could just send them. Uh, was it Camp? He did Camp before he did Royalty, didn't he? I think so. See, I became a Gambino fan through my friend Ale. Shout out to Ale. She and I were good friends back in high school. My junior year, that summer, summer 2012 was a great summer for music, at least in my opinion. Dom Kennedy was popping. Kanye was getting ready to drop Cruel Summer. Kendrick and Cole were dropping, like, not singles. It was just, just songs, just random songs, and they were dope. That's when Cartoons and Serial came out. That's a dope song with Gunplay and she put me on to Gambino she's like hey you need to listen to this guy so she sent me longest text message ever I don't know if you remember that song it's like who's in love with you my singing is awful but she sent me that song and I was like who is this guy and then she sent me another song I got this money was like I got this money baby and Mm -hmm. I was like who the hell is this guy so I started um, listening to him and I googled him I was like that's the dude from Community so I was just like freaking out I was like I didn't know he rapped bro how do you like that guy's amazingly talented yeah like, he's stupid talented like he's the he has a like, good eye yeah he's the what you call it like Michelangelo of our generation, generation. <laughs> like this dude is like amazing dude and I then think Michelangelo is the Gambino of Michelangelo's generation <laughs> that's how great Gambino is but Atlanta you seen Atlanta please tell me you yes seen dude it's freaking like the funniest show ever. When we had the... When all the roads froze in January 2018. I keep going to January 2018. I'm sorry, I'm not obsessed with that month. A lot of shit happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shit happened that month. <laughs> it was my last semester of my undergrad. There was a lot that happened. Well, anyways, my girlfriend at the time, uh, we were at her apartment, and we were just... Like, my car was, like, frozen. Her car was frozen. So I was like, damn, let's just stay in. So we stayed in, and we binge-watched the first season of Atlanta, and that was like a month or two right before season two was going to come out. Bro. So it was perfect. It was perfect timing. We went through season one really quickly, and then season two comes around. And Hey, the ending of season one. Oh, man. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Invisible car. <laughs> that show was funny, Bro. Dude. For a season two, season two is... I, I like season one better, but season two, like, it had some episodes that were just, like, top-tier episodes in, like, TV in general. When season two started, I was like, Alligator what Man? the hell? Alligator Man was crazy, and that's when I got put onto TK, and I became a TK fan, and then he gets arrested for that murder charge or whatever. Yeah. In San Antonio, I, I was like, damn, that kid's life is over. Yeah, I heard his music, and I thought it was cool, but then, like, my brother actually knew the guy that got killed by oh, him. Oh, man. And, like, I was listening to it one day. I didn't really know, you know, the whole story of what was going yeah. on. 
But um, I was listening to it one day, and my brother's, you know, I was like, man, turn that shit off. And I was like, like you don't like you don't like him? He's like, no, fuck that guy. Like, he killed one of my friends. Like, Damn. And I was like, shit, turn that shit off real quick. Yeah, I would too. And he was telling me about it. And he was like, yeah, like, this guy's supposed to, you know, pay him or, you know, they had an agreement mm-hmm. of him taking photos or whatever and then ends up killing the guy. It's like, and then I I see all these people like, oh, you know, free take K. It's like, man, like, like yeah. I don't know that dude personally, but if, if you have the mentality to do some shit like that, like, fuck that guy. No, I, yeah, <laughs> yes, people are annoying like that one, that rapper, Triple X. XX Tantillon, whatever his name is. Yeah. He, he, he made good music, but he was a piece of shit person. And then people want to use mental health as a as a scapegoat for him. But it's, it's like, still, like, it's, at some point, you have to have some accountability for your actions, and that guy was a piece of shit. Yeah, so it's like, what, what's okay to, like, separate from the art, right? Like, like. Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. I had this conversation with this girl the other day on Instagram. What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about, because uh, I had showed her my, because she was talking about the movie Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and I had I showed her, I was like, oh, I love that movie, and I showed her my, my list of top 10 movies of 2017, and I had Baby Driver as a honorable mention, oh, then and she's just like, why, well, why do you have it as honorable mention? I was like, well, it would have been top three, but Kevin Spacey's a piece of shit, and fuck him, and, she's like, and then we were just talking, and she said, well, I like to separate the art from the artist. I was like, I can do that. But it just depends on what they did. Yeah. Like, R. Kelly, I'm like, fuck that guy, too. It's like, R. Kelly and um, Kevin Spacey, like, people who've done, like, horrific shit, it's just like, I can't really support their art when they've, they've done horrific things to to people, especially R. Kelly, to little girls. I'm like, like, fuck that guy. But you think about it, like, after all that shit happened with, them, with the first case... Yeah. People were still bumping still ignition. Bumping, um, they were still bumping same girl. They are still bumping ignition. Yeah, that, that was bad. But then I told her, I was like, where I do separate the art from the artists, and some people might get mad at me, is um, Kanye. Kanye supported, supports a piece of shit person named Trump, but... He's not hurting nobody. Exactly. I, I, Kanye hasn't physically hurt anybody. He said some very stupid shit, yeah. and you know, I, I get why people will be upset with him, um, and they have every right to be upset. Like, if you cancel Kanye, I will not, like, I will not clown you, or I will be upset with you. How you feel about a person, that's how you feel. Like, you gotta, like, you can't... These are his and, opinions. Yeah, and, like, I can't, I'm not gonna invalidate someone's feelings, because a lot of people love Kanye, and then they, they're like, no, I can't fuck with him, and I, and I respect that. That's cool, that's what you believe in. Cool. Me, he hasn't done anything to where I can't listen to his music. He's one of the greatest artists of our generation, but that's not why I'm still listening. I mean, I'm still listening to him because of that, but if um, if he did what R. Kelly did, if he did what, you know, Triple X did, I'd be like, fuck Kanye. Like, I wouldn't listen to his music. I'm sorry. On a, on a lighter note, I'll still listen to Gambino, even though he kind of, like, gave me a bad taste on Lion King. <laughs> I still haven't seen Lion King, but oh, dude, dude, I wanted to watch it so badly, but then people were telling me that it's pretty much exactly like the cartoon, and and someone had told me that the the hyenas aren't funny, which gets me upset because Cheech Marin was one of the original hyenas, yeah, and they were hilarious, and then they were telling me that um the what's the the monkey's name, 
Rafiki. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that that um, like he very has has very little dialogue. I think. Yeah. I that's what I was told. I'm only going by that, which I shouldn't. But yeah, I'm probably not gonna watch it anytime soon. Oh, uh, one movie I'm not gonna watch is Mulan. They're doing Mulan. They're doing Mulan. They don't put Mushu in there. Or at least we don't think they do. Well, that's what they they haven't seen. They haven't so shown. From no Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Dang. So like. I still need. We still need to go see Aladdin. Caroline's been telling me like, "Oh, we need to go see Aladdin." I know I love Will Smith, but I haven't seen that movie either. The one I saw recently was, and I've seen it twice in theaters. Is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You saw it twice already. It's fucking great, dude. Okay, it's I need a, to go it's, see it's it. A, it's a it's a great movie. Well, Dennis is whack. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, you're Dennis. Whack. I don't even know who you are, Dennis. I don't like you. <laughs> no, but De- Dennis said that uh, the movie is like super slow. But you get the Quentin Tarantino, you know, just at, like, the last Yeah, it, it hits its stride, and it's like, once it hits its stride, it's like, oh, my gosh, this movie's even better. Because if it was, if it stayed slow the way he says it's slow, to me, it wasn't slow. It's a long movie, though. It's two hours and 15 minutes. But it didn't feel like it. It honestly did not feel like it. Uh, I thought that movie was great. Uh, what other movie have I seen recently? I don't even remember. Um, There's not that many. Endgame, good- but that was, like, months ago, but... I, I never saw that, that. What? Yeah. You didn't see I'm Endgame? I'm not into Marvel like that. I'm not into any... Dang. I saw the one last... Or was it last year? I said year? we were friends, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I love Black Panther. That was a great movie. I still need to see the Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. With that that one kid. What's his name? If, if you can see me through the, <laughs> the mic, I'm like, hand on my cheek, looking down, all disappointed. I'm looking forward to it, too, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one looks great. I like Bill Hader. He's a funny guy. What other films came out this year? I can't think of any good films that... La Llorona. Oh, man. They had... I didn't see that Velma one. Velma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Is she even, like... Eh, la- like ask Caroline. She saw it. <laughs> you, you watched it? Yeah. Caroline watched it with all her Alamo <laughs> all Heights... Sad. All her yeah. Alamo Heights friends. <laughs> really no, about she watched like, it with Destiny. Shout out to Destiny who wanted to watch that. You wanted to watch it too. What did me and Anthony go watch? Y'all watched uh, some Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, Captain Marvel. That one was a good one. Oh us, us was a. I saw that one three times in the theaters. Us, I saw us on Amazon. That was a great movie. It was really good. Yeah, that one. I was in Reddit threads. I was YouTubing everything. That movie was just fantastic. Detective Pikachu was cute. It was nice right, that one was cool. That was a cool little movie. Dude, I want them to make a part two. I know, they need to. I saw, like, the end, well, at the end, I'm like, but how does this leave it open for a part two? Yeah, they need more, I need more Ryan Reynolds. The one I wanted to watch was Ma. That one looked pretty cool. Okay, so we got really off topic, because you asked yeah. me about what I listen to. What are you listening to right now? Shoot, I'm listening to Los Tigres del Norte. <laughs> no, I really am, though, but I'm just joking. I, I really do listen to them, but right now, listen to Maxo Cream, who's an artist from Houston. One of those, have you ever heard of those those K-pop artists? Uh, uh, what are they? Hold on. Um, they're, like, everywhere. Everyone spams them. Those guys? No. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, but they're, like, the world's biggest group right now yeah. bts bts yeah yeah one BTS. of them was one of them tweeted a video earlier today of him 
lip syncing one of Maxo Cream songs. For real? I was like, bro, what the hell? And Maxo was like, um, BTS Crippin'. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm listening to him. I listen to West Side Gun. How many, followers do, how many followers do those guys have? BTS. Enough for them to be financially stable for the rest of their lives. <laughs> mm. um, listening to West Side Gun right now. He's a rapper from New York. He dropped an album called Awesome, wait, Fly Gods and Awesome God. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, he's a really good rapper. Um, this guy named Benny the Butcher, who's like in his group. He dropped a really dope album. Freddie Gibbs dropped a dope album. Has Pusha T, Black Thought. Um, Wasn't he in prison? Yeah. Some, some girl had lied about him um, assaulting her. And then she admitted that she basically it was a dream yeah <laughs> dang yeah so he was in like yeah he was in like Swedish jail or like some German jail or whatever Jeez. yeah it, it was nuts that, that whole situation but he got out and he dropped an album no he dropped an album cause this was a couple years ago so he dropped he dropped an album and then he dropped another one recently or I think he's dropped three albums since then I'm not mistaken Damn. yeah but he's another dope rapper Anderson Pack or Pac however you want to enunciate it. I've been a fan of his for like five years already, four years already. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm listening to right now. Um, I listened to the Rick Ross album. Didn't really like it. It was, it was, eh. He just put a bunch of songs together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm big, bitch. <laughs> Do you ever listen to Thundercat? Yes. Um, not religiously, but when I'm in the mood for Thundercat. Mm-hmm. Cause Kendrick sampled him for To Be a Butterfly, so that's how I became a fan of his. Like Kendrick literally put me onto other artists. Like he put me onto Rhapsody. She's dropping an album this year. She's one of the best rappers, in general. I hate it when people, when there's like, a woman anything. People are like, oh, she's the best female, whatever. It's like no, she's just, the best rapper. One of the best rappers. Mm-hmm. Like I hate it when people just separate. put a category. Yeah, put it in categories. Like female. stop. I, I really don't like that. But Rhapsody can wrap circles around anybody. Um, what do you think about uh, Big Day? Who? Uh, Chance the Rapper's new album. Oh. oh. Hot take. Hot take for everybody. Can probably end it on that note. I don't know. Chance the Rapper is trash. Chance the Rapper is corny. He is a fantastic human being. I love the stuff that he does for Chicago, for just people in general. He's a probably the nicest guy I would, pro- I would probably ever meet I would love to hang out with him but his music is just awful acid, Wait, acid, all, of, all of his music not acid rap acid rap was was a good album that came out my senior year or mixtape whatever you want to call it acid rap was dope but that's the last album that you liked of his yeah coloring book I didn't like coloring book that was a bad that was, I had I had this discussion with my boss he's like you don't like chance to rapper and he's like super into hip-hop and I said, yeah, the, the album was corny. It's, 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 I just didn't enjoy it. And he's like, well, I do listen to it with my son. And his son's like an eight-year-old white kid. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's why you like it. You get to, you know, it's, it's finally hip-hop that you can listen to with your kid. I'm like, he's basically like what Will Smith was in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it that way. <laughs> now I do. But he's a bootleg Will Smith. Now, but shout out to Chance, though. No, mm. yeah, he's a, he's a great person, like. All the stuff that he does for his community. I listened to he, most of the Big Day album, and 
the only songs that I I love my wife. <laughs> Have you seen that video? I love my wife. Yeah, no, <laughs> I uh, only song I like from that album is Hot Shower. Hot Shower. That's it. That is it. Hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, uh, Big Day. What? Nothing else has really dropped since then, right? My brother-in-law puts me onto a lot of like trap music. Oh, the um, the Baby's album was really good. I, I actually had a lot of fun listening to it. I thought I would only like his because there's certain rappers where they have like bangers, and that's the only thing that I can really listen to. Oh, you know. Okay, speaking of music, you know what is the best music video I've ever seen in my life? This is America. No, that what? Beyonce. Um, Video which you did for Lion King, the first one, not the second one. What was it called? Um, can you look it up real quick on your phone? It's like the sit, like everything about it, the choreography. Like I listened to the album on Spotify, but dude, everything about that music video is amazing. Like, blew me away. I was watching. I, I let me see. Can you feel the love tonight? No, no, no. Uh, the first one. Spirit, yeah. So we can't play the song, but Beyonce's yeah. Spirit is the best music video ever. Beyonce could stand there, and they could just record her standing there, and it'd be the best music video ever, because Beyonce is the most beautiful woman on the planet. If you could watch the video and not cry. not like It's good, but it's not make you cry good but Damn. it is really good I, I saw it with Caroline and I was just so blown away yeah fantastic oh Little Sims she's from the UK she's another great rapper that I, I love I've been a fan of her since 2015 um, she dropped an album called Grey Area she can spit I remember I saw a video because when I discovered her it was through Spotify and I saw an interview with Kendrick in the UK and he shouted her out he's like she's really dope what's like, her oh, name again man. her name's Little Sims Dude, she can spit and just make music in general. Uh, Schoolboy Q's album, I didn't, I Crash Talk. I, I love Schoolboy Q to death. He's one of my favorite rappers ever. But I, I just, I tried so hard to like the album and I did. But then over time, it just didn't age well for me. Like I, I don't even listen to it that much. I only listen to like maybe two songs on there. Okay, but let's bring it to San Antonio. San Antonio? Who, who, who's the... Ooh, Who, who's a San Antonio rapper that, or or musician that that you that you like? So right now the one who's like that I've I've been keeping an eye on is Hoodlum, um, the one from the South Side. Mm -hmm. I came across him at Bam because Bam had had a, a had had a the heck can't even talk. Bam had an event in fall 2017, and it's basically you donate food, and that's your way to get into the show. And it was a bunch of rappers performing. And by then, I had already did the story on Bam, which was another story that kind of blew up a lot. And that was like one of my first music stories that I've ever written, at least in the local scene. And this was after Mala Luna, so it's probably November when it happened. Mm -hmm. And there's this one kid, he was in slides, just chilling. He's like, South. And then everyone's like, Side. He's like, South. And they, they would echo him, Side. I'm like, who is this guy? And he started rapping. I was like, man, this... This guy is, he has like good stage presence. I, I like his song and that's when I first discovered him. And then, uh, I mean, since then he's been doing some big things. 
Um, I'll then, do a um, John Michael produced one of his beats. Yeah, that OJ one. Yeah, dude, that one's dope. Bro, that shout, one's out, hey, shout out to John Michael. Shout out John Michael. John Michael has like one of the the nicest voices ever. Like when he talks to you. That guy needs to do a podcast. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he has a good, he has a good radio voice. I have a I have the face for radio. <laughs> he has the voice for it. Yeah, I don't know what I got. <laughs> but. but yeah, him, um, Frito Gang. I just um, discovered them at Free Week. I mean, I've always heard about them, but it I can't go. Out, I mean, I didn't really go out of my way for them. Them, this guy named AJ Bray. Right, that's yeah, AJ Bray. He um, he followed me on Twitter, so I went to Free Week, saw him perform. His performance was fun, man. He's he's another artist that's really good at interacting with the crowd, performing. Because to me, I mean, it's one thing to be a good rapper, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to be a good performer. Because I mean, especially nowadays, like your money's like if you make it to a certain level, you're gonna have to live off of touring. If you can't really perform, it's like true. Well, I guess I, I had I definitely have to give a shout to my my homie uh, Robbie Raps. Robbie Raps. Yeah, he's he's super dope, and I'll forward you some of his stuff if you haven't heard him before. Where's he from? Here, San Antonio. No, like, like what part of town? Uh, I can't recall right now, but okay. Um, I grew up with this guy. Like nice. my mom and his mom are like best friends, and uh, this dude's always been into music. And I remember like before he really started pushing his his, his stuff. You know, we were talking about it. This is the time when I was going through a whole bunch of stuff. So, like, yeah. we're both at that position where it's like, man, like, we got to make something happen with it. And he, he's he's still up and coming and still making a lot of moves. But definitely a guy you got to check out if you haven't heard of him. The legend, man. The legend. He just came out of jail. Live Ola. Oh, dude. I can't believe we said it at the same time. That's so dope. Dude, I've been waiting for him to get bro, out, dude. Bro, he made a song with Paul Wall. Already? Yeah. It's on, it's on World Star. My brother-in-law was telling me, he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, you know, Live Ola just made a song with Paul. I was like, dude. It's like, he came out of jail. And he's already making songs with legends. Bro, I mean, he's program a legend. to wreck. Yeah. Oh, man. Square business. Remember, uh, yeah, I go hard. Mr. Libo ain't never been fraud. Yep. Oh, man. I used to have that on my little iPod. I put Caroline on the Liveola. <laughs> For real? Caroline's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. This this goes hard. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Caroline doesn't talk like that. <laughs> That's my generic white person voice. <laughs> but, no, nah, like, I, I put her on to, to third degree. Shout out to Kylie, though. Kylie's been... Yeah, he's always everywhere. Like holding it down. Like, yeah. Like, you know, for, you know, third degree from where they were at before. Yeah. And all this shit happened to, you know, kind of being on his own and just, yeah. like, honing it down. And, you know, when Live Ola came out, I know he was, like, the first one that was, like, you know, Live Ola's out, posting all these pictures with them. And, like, you know, I, I it, it's just really cool to see, you know, people just holding it down for one another and yeah. being able to, like, continue where you left off because he could have been in a position where it's like he gets out and it's like you know where, where you been or you know yeah. forgotten but you know people were like waiting for him so it kind of made me feel like um, hustle and flow <laughs> but except he wasn't putting out he, he didn't have anything well I guess like he had stuff for people to listen to yeah and, you know you could go to Spotify and find him when he was you know locked up yeah and um, yeah shout out to Live Ola Man, I forgot. Oh. Yeah, I was like super excited because my brother-in-law. Because my brother-in-law was like, he, 
when he and I interact, like he's like super like he his favorite rapper is Gucci Mane. Like anything Gucci Mane, he knows about it. But like yesterday we were we were having a conversation. He's like, you know, little so and so, and you know this person, and uh, and I was like, no. And so he puts me onto these artists, these these trap artists, or the these these up and coming like that that similar sound, mm-hmm. like NLE um, Chapa. I became a fan of his. <laughs> Because I was interviewing um, Ramon Richards at the Boys and Girls Club, so I I was I did a follow up story with him when he came back. And um, the the kids at the Boys and Girls Club they play their own music, but it's censored. But they were playing um that song he has a blue face. It's called um, Shot of Flow or something like that. And I was like, dang, this song goes hard. So um, I was telling my brother in law about the song. He's like, yeah, I told you about the part one. He's like, there's like three parts to it. I was like, wait, what? For real? But it was just funny that. Um, you know, we we have because I'm, I went through a phase where I only listened to conscious rap, like anything that was in conscious. I'm like, it's whack, and I probably wasn't until I started college where I was like, you know, I need to like listen to something different. Yeah, different. Be more, you know, just relax. Something we can listen to in the whip or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> the some little kids put me onto some trap artists. So I don't even know what genre that would be, but still, I just say trap because that's the first thing that comes off the top of my head. Man, dude, so we're already going into one hour. Damn. If you're still here. And you made it this far. You get a prize. You get a a signed picture of me. But it's a picture of me on a unicorn levitating over the hood. That's your lunch break. (laughs) Get back to work. (laughs) But that wraps it up for episode one. Albert, my first guest. Tell him your Instagram handle. Oh, uh. Trebla Art, so Albert backwards, T R E B L A underscore art. And you could also visit my website, Albert Gonzalez Art.com, and it's Gonzalez with an S at the end. So Trebla Art, Trebla underscore art, and Albert Gonzalez Art.com. Caroline, what's your Instagram handle? Because I just discovered that you had an Instagram a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know she had an Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you, I saw you tagged her, and I was like, Caroline has an Instagram? It's Caroline Adam underscore art. Caroline Adam underscore art. Mm-hmm. There you it go. It might change next month, though. It might change. I'm changing my last name to Gonzalez next month. Ooh. So. <laughs> Damn. And a baby's on the way, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but how do they find you? At Sports Guy Jose. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, same handle. You can find me on MySpace. You can find me on AOL. Uh, you can find me on um, Tinder. No, just kidding. I don't even have a Tinder. I made a Tinder for like two minutes, and it was complicated. And I was like, nah, I'll just meet people in person. That's the way to do it. But that wraps it up. Thank you for listening. Stay brown. Love you. Peace out. <laughs>